Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some Blunt Business with your host, and welcome back to Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. So glad to have you with us. Today, we're talking with the owners of the largest licensed adult-use cannabis farms in the United States. Crop Corp, or Crop Infrastructure Corporation, they invest in income-producing property and provide financing solutions and capital investment to service the cannabis industry. Here with me to talk about it is the director and CEO of Crop Infrastructure Corporation, Michael York. Mike, thanks for joining us here on Blunt Business. Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure. Um, I'm definitely a fan of the podcast. I've been listening for quite some time, and uh, it's a real pleasure to talk to you for the first time as well because I feel like I've I've known you for oh. a little while now. Thank you so much. It's nice to hear that from uh, from listeners on, having the listeners on as well as those that are listening to the show because uh, could always use more feedback. Cause I, and also, I wanted to recommend to listeners if you have feedback on the show, please email me brasco b r a s c o at cannabisradio.com. I'd love to hear from you about that. And again, I'm glad you got to hear the show, so you know exactly where I'm going to go with this question. So let's get started on that, okay? Uh, the company's portfolio sure. projects, okay, they include cultivation properties in California, Washington State, and Nevada. Uh, you also have thousands of acres of hemp CBD farms. Now, those are cannabis farms I mentioned there in California, Washington State, and Nevada. Thousands of acres of hemp CBD farms and a growing portfolio of common share equity and upcoming listings within the cannabis space. Now, you originally came from the financial sector working for the Royal Bank of Canada, and you're still an active trader and investor. So talk to me about merging and molding real estate and cannabis together. Sure. Um, I just will say one other thing. We are also in Oklahoma. That has just just happened. Um, We have a licensed medical license there. Uh, or I should say we have a property there and our tenant has a, a medical license there. Um, now back to your question. So yeah, I started in the banking industry. I learned the basics of banking really. Um, I moved on to paper trading. I had some success and started to uh, day trade and swing trade. From there I moved into the mining sector, which uh, here in Vancouver is really sort of the lifeblood or was the lifeblood of the venture capital markets here. 
Um, so I worked into telling the stories of junior mining companies. That's how I sort of came up in the market. Mining started to slow down in the market. Um, many friends and colleagues of mine started to leave the market. Obviously, the price of gold was going down. So a lot of gold companies and uh, plays started to become unfeasible. We kept an eye on the market, seeing it shift into tech, into bio, uh, into cannabis. We wanted to participate. Uh, we were able to be investors in, in some of the earlier companies that went uh, public in Canada, but uh, we felt that Canada was too small of a jurisdiction. Now, the reason I bring this up with real estate is that with junior exploration, the idea is to find a property that has potential resources and then develop those resources. And with cannabis, there are some similarities in that, in that you're looking for a property that you're going to be able to grow resources out. So things, um, things like the location are very important and what natural resources are available to that. So um, that's where I, or I should say, we put real estate and cannabis together. Um, parallel to that, I will say a large motor, motivator for me personally uh, to work in this industry is that I am someone that suffers from an autoimmune disease as well. I suffer from psoriasis. Yeah, and it's uh, manifested itself in many ways. So I've had psoriatic arthritis. I've had ankylosis spondylitis. I've had uveitis. I've had psoriasis on my skin. Um, in total, I've been actually crippled for over two years of my life. And at the same time, I'm very athletic um, at a high level of martial arts. So I did actually go through the process. The doctor pres prescribed me opiates, which then I had to take several other medications to deal with because I couldn't sleep. I had stomach problems. And then I actually saw the show Intervention, and I didn't know about opiates or the addiction or anything like that. And this boy was injecting the stuff 20 times a day. And I realized that this is what, yeah, and I realized this is what the doctor was giving me. And um, so I stopped taking it. Uh, I didn't feel good for about a week. But after that, my stomach felt better. I could sleep fine. And uh, cannabis really helped me out. And I was able to get into a medical program in Canada in 2012 um, because that had started quite early here. So I is, was a participant in one of the uh, first, first medical dispensaries here in Canada, which was... Um, quite helpful for me. So I have a real personal drive uh, in this business as well. Just out of curiosity, what is it that you're using right now to treat the psoriasis, treat some of the symptoms you have? So I use a combination of THC and CBD. I find in combination that they work the best. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I am very much somebody that is interested in research. I find the endocannabinoid system and the cannabinoid system and how these things work together just absolutely fascinating. And, you know, with this discovery of these types of autoimmune diseases and um, things like leaky gut and naturopathic medicine, the idea behind naturopathic medicine is to put your body in a balanced state so that it is healthy moving forward as opposed to, um, you know, medical things where they deal with symptoms and they focus on that one particular area. I think this is so amazing that cannabis and endocannabinoids focus to stabilize the homeostasis of our different physiological systems. I just think that's fascinating. You know, what's also fascinating, just to mention about the endocannabinoid and the cannabinoid system, a few weeks back I actually talked to John Cummings with Hemptown and talking about the right. 
CBG, which another yeah. area that I don't hear anybody talking about at all. And I still looked at a at a Yahoo article, and all of a sudden, wait a minute, what is going on here? Another thing we're not talking about, which also would take care of similar symptoms like that, and that's another area to grow, which is, like you said, the research that's coming out and learning so much more about the plant. And I'm so glad to hear that you know you're finding something that's definitely doing much better. Anything to take away from those very horrible opiates, and obviously, it's a major problem across you know just not just Canada but the USA of obviously the kind of that's being smuggled in or being processed. And it's just, we need to get a replacement and the proper, more organic, healthier alternative we're already knowing is cannabis and in a CBD or THC form. Now, crop, uh, and also I want to make mention that you mentioned about the Oklahoma uh, growth and mentioned that, wow, uh, you cleared 20 acres and prep high-nutrient soil to prepare for tenant planting of medical cannabis in Oklahoma. Here's the good part. Expecting to yield 30,000 pounds of dry flour at an annual cost of 500,000 Canadian dollars. Amazing. Congratulations on that. Now, Michael, talk to me about creating the balance of investment versus building a scalable infrastructure below cost. Sure. So entering business and specifically entering the cannabis business, you know, there's really two ways to do that and two ways that we've seen it happen. And the first is to acquire established companies that are already working. And the other is to build from the ground up. And, you know, really, because there's no business like ours, this is the route that we decided to go. Um, so we thought, you know, how do we ensure success when building from or uh, organically from the ground up? And that's to establish a significant talent pool. And um, that's, that's what we've done. So rather than going and buying a multiple, once we know that we're successful with a specific tenant, you know, a tenant that knows how to grow, that has the correct SOPs, that is able to have a successful launch, uh, then we're able to become a low-cost infrastructure uh, builder and brand developer uh, rather than, say, buying an established talent pool. Um, now, when we talk about, sorry, back directly to your question, building balance of one, investment, and two, scalable infrastructure, you know, um, there are certain things that have to happen in order for us to achieve this at the right time. So in real estate, there's three things that are most important. Do you know what those are? No, please tell me. Well, they say it's location, location, location. <laughs> of course. Oh, God. I've heard that a million times, right? yeah. Of course, right? So in business and in life and really in, I, say, I bring things back to martial arts, it's all about timing. And the time to make acquisitions is right now. You know, the sector is in its infancy, and you can start to see major land grabs from large corporations that have huge market caps, and they're really just buying whatever they can. So they are doing the acquiring established businesses, but then they have to be able to um, fit those businesses into their businesses and align all their cultures and all the things down and upstream and horizontally where we are building everything organically. Um, so for us, we wanted to get into the right markets and we know the timing is so, so crucial. So really, you know, seeing what happened in Washington and Colorado with the commoditization of cannabis, uh, cannabis, or sorry, California, Nevada, and other districts were a lot more restrictive on giving out licenses. So it was important to us to be able to get in those markets first. So by getting the investment in and then from there, being able to build out the low-cost infrastructure. So if you see, for instance, in California, we acquired a property that already had two licenses, and then we started to build out greenhouses there, and that's where we're at in California. So that's how, how we've done it from investment and scalable infrastructure at a low cost. 
and there's so much we're going to talk about when it comes to real estate that we're going to be talking here with Michael York, Director and CEO of Crop Corp. We'll have more questions for him in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about our wonderful sponsor, the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, which will be returning to Miami, Florida, my August 3rd and 4th. You can learn more at usccexpo.com. Doctors, join us Friday, August 2nd, the day before, for our physician training and certification program. Take the exam to become a certified medical marijuana physician. Patients, see a medical doctor for evaluation so you can quickly get your medical marijuana card quickly and easily. And most importantly, we'll have great education, amazing tracks coming up at the show, speed networking, powerful keynotes, a very interactive exhibit space. It all awaits you at the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. It's August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida. Log on to usccexpo.com, usccexpo.com. Secure your tickets today. Back with more with Michael Michael York, Director of CEO of Crop Infrastructure Corporation, after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The National Cannabis Industry Association's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo returns to San Jose, California's McInerney Convention Center July 22nd through the 24th. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com and take part in the most influential, award-winning cannabis conference and trade show hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo offers attendees three days of engagement and interactive programs. Arrive early so you can participate in our pre-conference workshops and off-site tours. Join hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors and thousands upon thousands of attendees at NCIA's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, July 22nd to the 24th in San Jose, California. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. That's CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with CEO and Director of Crop Corp, Michael York, here on Blunt Business. Mike... Uh, Michael, uh, a significant focus of crop is constructing, owning, and leasing greenhouse projects. You were prefacing that at the start of the, uh, right before we went to the break. The company provides financing for land expansion, brand positioning opportunities, specialized equipment, and access to approved nutrients for licensed cannabis producers in legal growing regions. In layman's terms, crop is structured, and let me, I'm going to preface this to make sure I say this right. Please correct me if I'm wrong here. It's structured in a similar way to a real estate investment trust or a right. Basically, a company that owns, operates, and finances income-producing real estate. Now, 
Crop leases real estate, provides equipment and expertise in exchange for a management fee. But the preface this now, as a disclaimer, it may be structured similar to one that and that the company owns and operates and finances income producing real estate, but it does not give 90% of profit back to shareholders as an REIT does. So that's it. So it's not an REIT, but there's a similarity to the model that people might get confused by. Help us clear that confusion. Give our listeners an understanding of how you service the can- cannabis industry with this financial model. Sure. So in the genesis of this building, um, as I had mentioned before, we were mainly focused on getting into the market through a real estate angle, sort of maybe through a passive financial standpoint, to be able to assist entrepreneurs to be able to expand. Um, you know, obviously one of the things that was um, quite prominent when we were looking at the markets was the federal disconnection between entrepreneurs being able to have access to capital to scale their operations. So that was sort of the the main fit there with the real estate as well. Um, where we really differentiate from a REIT is that the majority of our profit is set towards expansion and um, and becoming bigger, which I think is pertinent to the place and time we find ourselves in right now. Again, like I, I, I'm pressing, there's no other time like it than now. It's happening right now. So there's 30 states now that have some type of legalization, legalization, excuse me, and we're in four of those. Um, so we have thought down the line to potentially establish that, but for now we're focused on development. And I mean, really what we're focused on it has to do with due to the federal complications around cannabis is real estate development, proprietary brand development. So one thing we're seeing as we've moved through this market, or really I should say market is that a lot of the jurisdictions have, um, there's, there's similarities, but there's a lot of differences in the legislator uh, legislation, the structure, the ease of licensing, as well as the wants and tastes of consumers. So where we started off is, Real estate, with the idea of just strictly being passive, um, we saw we saw so many opportunities come up from the inefficiencies of the business. And you know, they talk about it being legalized, but it's it's so regulated, and there's just so much leg- legislation about it. Now, growers and producers are challenged with struggling to find, fund land, equipment, and cover expansion costs, and with many ripe for strategic partnership opportunities. Talk to me, Michael, about some of the services that Crop is able to offer that would benefit another company to see partnership with you. Sure. So each jurisdiction comes with it several um, challenges and differenti- differentiating factors. Um, how Crop can help with that is through different um, specialized knowledge on the ground, so procurement of extraction equipment or other specialized equipment, other infrastructure type needs like that, buildings of the greenhouses or other type of structures, helping with licensing, helping with branding, distribution, uh, helping with getting the right genetics, uh, as well as establishing offtake agreements as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, the company receives a 60% preferential payback via lease and management fees on greenhouse infrastructure slash related equipment until its deployed capital is returned in full. And when crop typically looks for a 30 to 49% interest in the real estate and infrastructure and will receive dividends indefinitely. So unpack what that all means. Yeah, okay. So again, <laughs> that is a little bit complicated. Uh, back to the federal complications that are surrounding this industry, we wanted to stay under a controlling interest as being, you know, foreigners, as being Canadians in each endeavor that we embarked on. Um, so that's 
part of why the structure is a minority position is that, uh, and also how we derive revenue as a result of lease fees, brand license and management fees, as opposed to just a percentage of production. Um, so now that being said, I think one thing that people don't actually know is that crop in all of our um, agreements with our tenants that we've made, we have the option to acquire all of those licenses um, once federal framework is put into place so that we're able to fully vertically integrate um, our business. Because right now, the only truly way to operate from a legal revenue standpoint as a Canadian business uh, is through real estate, through infrastructure, brand licensing, and things of that nature that are really orbital to this business, but not linear. And, you know, one of the other reasons that we are below a controlling interest in these companies is also bandwidth. Um, you know, we're a pretty small group um, and we don't want to be tied down too hard to any one property. We want the ability to service multiple markets. And, um, you know, like I said, you have huge companies coming in and they're buying huge land packages. And, and you know, like we're more like the um, Navy SEALs. We come in, we don't have, we don't have as much, um, how do you say, we don't have as much money, but we have experience and we're able to, to get in there and we've been able to get a very nice footprint in each of these jurisdictions. And we've only been public for 14 months. And I think that's part of the disconnection um, that people are having is that, um, you know, we are moving fast, but people think that it's, that this business is, is easy, but it, there's just so many complications. And I think one of the biggest problems with, um, I should say that I found when doing research and studying other businesses is that they don't have the ability to adapt and react to market changes. They're stuck in their strategy. And, and so one of the things about crop that's really special is our ability to, to do that, to see the changes and not be too stuck on any one thing, which is also part of the reason why we, um, we put the Italian property to a pub, a private company, and, and let them go because we wanted to refocus strictly on uh, the United States and building ourselves out there as well as the, the acquisition in Oklahoma to further kind of make our way into the States. So where we were on the sort of West Coast, now we have an area that's kind of Central, East and South. Um, and really we want to speckle ourselves all across the United States so that when federally federal legalization happens, we're, we're able to better uh, facilitate our tenants and clients. Yeah, can we also again not have to worry to talk about federal legalization so we don't have to say the word anymore? I'm <laughs> just saying, I get tired of saying it myself. Uh, everybody, go ahead and stick around. We have more questions for Michael York of Crop Corp. And, you know, while you have a second, go ahead and grab yourself a tasty beverage. I'm going to take a swig of mine because we're going to talk about beverages coming up after the break right here on Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. 
Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 gardens garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back with final questions for Michael York, Director and CEO of Crop Infrastructure Corporation. So, Michael, uh, we were talking about beverages just before the break. Uh, you produce Canna Drink, which is a cannabis-infused functional beverage line. has 16 cannabis brands. You also have tenant brands, Empire and Evolution, which is available in 40 retail locations. Fill us in on the putting these drinks together. Uh, pretty sure maybe you have a bottle of the right next to you. Fill us in on the beverage line and uh, let people know what it's all about and where we can find it. So Canna Drink is currently still uh, in development. We have been in talks with several different formulators to come up with different formulations and flavors. We also have um, one of the former heads of marketing at Coca-Cola working for us, um, leading that as well. And uh, so that's a, that's a, that's something that's going to be coming down kind of down the future. So tell me a little bit into what kind of drinks you are producing. So they're cannabis infused. Are they sodas, beverages, uh, beers? Give me a little idea of what kind of beverages you're looking to create. Um, yeah, sodas, beverages, um, mainly we're going to be watching the trends of the market and moving with those. Um, again, how we feel with, uh, with edible products, we do feel like the drink market will be something that's going to be coming online uh, more and more uh, as, as time goes on. Um, We've been yeah, hearing so about it. Really $8.1 billion, I think, is by 2020 is what the uh, last figure I saw for cannabis beverages. And obviously... You know, we're seeing, and now in Canada, we've talked about, uh, I actually mentioned this on the last show I just recorded, uh, the folks from Harvest Health, about how uh, Ipsos put out a study on cannabis and alcohol consumption and going through their consumption trackers, the idea of how when that market comes to play, you know, Canada drink is going to be also, could it be on the same store shelves as any alcoholic beverage and what will sell better, what kind of, you know, friction might there be between cannabis infused beverages and alcoholic beverages and those who sell them. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I mean, I think alcoholic beverages and um, and marijuana I, beverages. I feel like they can stay completely... alike, right? They can actually they, they can uh, cohabitate. I don't think that should be an issue. Uh, even the study was talking about how you know it was uh, 
where people didn't necessarily go ahead and take cannabis and then alcohol is either one or the other in terms of how they consume. But, yeah, and I mean, well, that, 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 that's kind of a hard thing to do because then you're kind of just putting it as kind of the fun part of it, right? The recreational part. People don't <laughs> necessarily drink alcohol because their elbow hurts or something like that, you know? So that's it's kind of a hard comparison to make. Exactly. No, no, which is definitely another point to distinguish. So with that said, so much going on when it comes to all the grows that you're doing, all the different portfolio of clients that you're working with right now, uh, you can learn everything about this and more at C-R-O-P-C-O-R-P-CropCorp.com. When they go into the website, I look at it. There's so much to go to. Tell our listeners through as they're looking through the website the first time. Take me through what we can look at and what things they should be looking at and how they can also find where they can learn more to talk to your team, maybe learn, maybe there's somebody out there that wants to go and partner up with you. Uh, tell us about the website and how they can find out more. Definitely. It's it's actually funny that you bring up the website because we were having a discussion, discussion this morning. Um, I do actually want to redo the website. Um, there are sort of, again, regulatory complications when it goes to what type of product you're promoting being a Canadian company in an American market. Um, so that has a overview of our business model, um, sort of the properties that we deal with. I do plan on doing a huge corporate update as well as revamp of the website. I, to more give more exposure to the brands. I think that's a part of the piece that people need to understand. But if they go to check out the website, they can definitely see what type of properties that we have, what interests we have in those. Uh, if they want to contact us, they can do that through our social media channels, or they can contact info at cropcorp.com or michael at cropcorp.com for more information. Um, you know, we love to talk to everybody. And, um, you know, we're, we're really happy moving forward with this business. Um, you know, it's great. We think we've made the right steps, you know, like last July, getting into Nevada with CBD. Um, and now 2019, it's, it's all that's being talked about. We're pretty happy that we made that acquisition last year. Um, you know, I don't know if it's the largest hemp farm. I've heard other people say that their farm is the biggest one. And what I'm about to say is it's bigger. Ours is 1300 acres over 1300 acres it's 21 uh, 15 in total but for this 2019 season we have uh, over 1300 acres planted and so we'd be expecting that sort of um, I guess uh, a little bit later in the season as well as um, so so that's really where we're at um, we're moving full stream ahead um, in all of the jurisdictions. California, we have production, we, and we're expanding. Same thing in Washington and Nevada, hemp, outdoor THC. Again, following the trends, uh, looking at the outdoor, specifically more for concentrates, really. Um, and again, um, trying to get in early mover advantage, moving into Oklahoma with those acquisitions as well. So, Fantastic. And I know yeah. we've also talked to some people about uh, – Nevada specifically for that part of the program and just saying there is so much being hemp being grown out there as well, which is really uh, something really special. So that said, uh, again, if you want to go and follow along on social media for Crop Infrastructure Corporation, Facebook is Crop Infrastructure, Twitter, Crop uh, underscore CSE, Instagram, Crop Corp. So anyway, uh, Michael York, Director and CEO of Crop Corporation, thanks so much for joining us here on Bump Business. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, my pleasure is all mine. So, again, 
Don't forget to join us again for the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo coming up August 34th in Miami, Florida. One of our sponsors of our program. We hope to see you there. I know I'll see you there if you're coming. It's a short trip to Miami. It's really cheap. The tickets are great. We have great hotel rooms still available. The room block is still available for those of you that want to check that out. So get your tickets, get your hotel room, and join us for the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida. Go to usccexpo.com for more details. Get your tickets today, and uh, we hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us here on the show. You can download past episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.